0: Hello and welcome to Learning More with the Corps, your Community Health Corps podcast. My name is Keeley Hancock and I am a current social work intern with Community Health Corps, East Texas's local mental health and IDD authority. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Community Health Corps' Veterans Program Supervisor, Wallace Reveille. Mr. Reveille is a native of Cass County and is a veteran of the United States Air Force. After five years of service, Mr. Wallace then attended Texas A&M University and attained his bachelor's in psychology, which led him to Community Health Corps. While at Community Health Corps, he has worked 10 months as a veteran's healthcare navigator and now 12 months as a veteran's program supervisor. So please enjoy Mr. Wallace Reveille.
1: Thank you, Kaylee.
0: Thank you. So you basically run veterans you're the go-to guy to talk about veterans you are somebody everybody has pointed me to and i'm so (laughs) glad you've been able to come on can you first tell us what the veterans program offers and what you've seen while supervising it
1: well the veterans program is a series of units with community health corps that's focused on veteran services the foundation uh, units the two units is first the supportive services for veterans families it's a program for Homeless veterans, literally homeless veterans, Mm -hmm. and those veterans that are at risk of losing their housing. The other one is the Military Veterans Peer Network Program, and that is to provide services, peer services, to veterans throughout the community. We also have programs through Texas Veterans Commission. Mm -hmm. That's also a housing program. And now we have a suicide prevention program through the VA's Office of Mental Health.
0: Oh, right on. Okay. Yes. The lady who's in that, she came from care coordination. She did. Yes, ma'am. Yes. That's awesome. Well, hold on first. Backtrack. Peers. What are the peers specifically doing and how does somebody get a peer?
1: Well, what happens is uh, our Military Veterans Peer Network Peer Service Coordinator goes out in the community Mm -hmm. engages veterans in the community and those organizations and individuals that are involved uh, with veterans' issues Mm -hmm. and uh, he makes contact with veterans and he tries to educate veterans and civilians and community organizations about uh, cultural competency when dealing with veterans. (laughs) He gets some other training that he provides, and he attempts to encourage veterans to become engaged in in dealing with other veterans and trying to help veterans throughout the community.
0: So is he just going to VAs around the area, or is there anywhere else he's going specifically? No, anywhere
1: anywhere there might be a veteran. uh, uh, Veteran service officers have veterans there, county veteran service officers also VA clinics, veteran organizations, but homeless shelters, mm-hmm. uh, any kind of situation, events, uh, how, hiring events for, for employment, yeah. uh, educational institutions, any place where a veteran might, uh, you might seek out a veteran <coughs> because that veteran is uh, engaged in community.
0: Okay, wow, I didn't know we had that. How long has that been
1: going on? Since 2014. Oh my is God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, that, that, the service, the, the veterans program, really started in 2014.
0: Great, okay. And it's been going
1: since then. Is and it we, just
0: one peer, or do we have a multitude of peers? Well,
1: all of the, all of the members of the East Texas Veterans Resource Center are trained or, or engage in some sort of peer-directed or peer-guided kinds of services so that we all uh, sort of back up that philosophy of engaging the veteran as a peer, either as yeah. a veteran ourselves or family members or loved ones or people that have uh, a background of military cultural competence.
0: Okay okay so when a unsheltered veteran is looking for housing hmm. how do they go about are they going to the intake line or how do they get a, go about getting
1: services from your program? Well they can be referred through the intake line or they can be referred from some other community organization that that has learned about us, mm-hmm. we do outreach so that people know about us. Uh, they hear it by word of mouth from other veterans. Okay. So whatever way we get, we can go out. We do the uh, the pit count for the homeless. We oh, actually yeah. go out and try to engage mm-hmm. the homeless veterans, but typically they'll hear about us and they'll call us okay. or they'll come by one of our two locations mm-hmm. and then we do an intake, we do some uh, paperwork. Uh, some, they have some standards with the VA about income level and mm-hmm. veteran status And then we go from there
0: okay so it sounds like you have quite a few people partaking in these services
1: yes we do or is
0: there a stigma where no
1: well i'm glad you mentioned that because uh, we although we do have plenty of veterans that uh, engage with the services i'm certain that there are many many more veterans who need help but don't? Yeah. Uh, for some reasons, they they may feel that well they don't deserve it or mm. they don't they need to save that help for some other veteran that quote really needs it. Many times you'll hear veterans when we we say hey you know we can get a, a phone from the VA they'll say oh well you know you know need to save that for a veteran that really needs it. Mm. Uh, so there's a reluctance sometimes they. Either don't want to appear to be weak or they're used to doing without or they're used to doing with less mm-hmm. and so they don't they don't feel like they feel like if they take help then they're depriving somebody, somebody else that else. may need it more
0: and that's more of a reason to have culturally competent staff because they will be able to talk to them in a way to maybe help them understand that these services are for them
1: right you know, sometimes they're reluctant to for example engage in VA health care even though the VA health care is either free or low cost for them, they can get their medications for free or at lower cost. Oh, wow. They can get services that they might not otherwise get mm-hmm. if they don't have health insurance. However, they're still reluctant because they believe, well, they need to be seriously uh, injured or there needs to be some serious medical problem yeah. before they can go to the VA. Many times they have mental health issues mm-hmm. that the VA could treat, but there's a lack of trust. They They think, well, they're... They're just uh, doing this because they want to identify me. Mm. Uh, they, they see me as a problem. or Yeah. Uh, so it, it happens like that. And so many, actually, as a matter of fact, there's 52% of the veteran population that are not engaged in any kind of care with the VA at all. So less than half wow. of veterans are engaged with VA health care.
0: And that has to affect the suicide rate for veterans.
1: It, d- it does. Right. They, they, they recognize, they realize that the suicide rate among veterans that are not connected, with VA healthcare is higher, mm-hmm. yet it's, it's still difficult to convince veterans that if you engage with VA healthcare, there may be some benefit. There's always a, a tendency for a little bit of mistrust in a lot of cases.
0: Yeah. So what are what are the skills and tactics or ways that this new suicide? Um, what's her role again? Suicide. prevention? Veteran suicide
1: prevention outreach mm-hmm. coordinator, and essentially uh, we want to begin with upstream methods of suicide uh, prevention and intervention uh, and go all the way through, through crisis. If we need to, if there's a veteran who's in serious crisis and needs to be mm-hmm. uh, placed or needs to be connected to the VA, to, they need emergency care. But in general, I think that uh, many times when veterans talk to veterans or individuals that can act as peers yeah. and they hear from them the benefits. Mm-hmm. If we can get them connected with other veterans, for example, that have had suicidal ideation or have yeah. had medical problems or had housing issues, yeah. and we get them to talk with these veterans who received a benefit or, or their lives improved, their mm-hmm. wellness. It's all about veteran wellness. Uh, their wellness improved. Then uh, then they are more likely to engage. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have to drive their car to the VA clinic or they have to make a telephone call, sometimes they, they get frustrated and they don't want to do that. Yeah. But if we come to them yeah. uh, and we can encourage them and they can see and they can begin to to get the little benefit at first, then they'll follow along.
0: Wow, yeah. See, and this is all stuff that not a lot of people understand when we hear veterans. Okay, so that engagement, I feel like, will go far. Um, what are the qualifiers? Because I'm, I'm getting certified as a community health worker in that new program that's down there by veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have like quotas we have to meet and qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like for veterans?
1: Well, the VA defines a veteran as someone who served on active duty. In order to get VA health care, that active duty had had to be two years or longer, except uh, for Vietnam-era veterans. Uh, The VA has a a system where, depending on the era of conflict or the time frame in which you were in the service, gets you uh, certain uh, services and others not. Uh, For example, a, a veteran may not be eligible for medical care, But they can still get mental health care for example if they were a victim of military sexual trauma Uh that's what what we call that or they have other uh, service connected disabilities they can get access to types of health care that other veterans for example may not if a veteran was dishonorably discharged he loses his uh, veteran status to some degree and he's not eligible for va health care he's not eligible for the housing through the ssvf program Mm -hmm. He's not eligible for the uh, services through the TVC grant. He's not eligible for services through the suicide prevention uh, grant. However, if a veteran who was dishonorably discharged comes to me or anybody in our program, and they have a crisis and they are uh, having a suicide uh, crisis, Mm Uh, we're going to do everything we can to help them. Okay. Uh, we're not going to say, no, go, go away, you, you didn't get an honorable discharge. We're <laughs> right. still going to try to help. Yeah. It, we may have to uh, go a different route yeah. than we would with a, another veteran. but uh, and, and, and although we're focused on the veterans in our catchment area, Northeast Texas, because that's where the local mental health authority, Community Health Corps is, is at, wherever a veteran contacts us from, if we have a veteran that says, I'm, I'm moving to Texas from California, or I'm traveling through Texas uh, going to Illinois. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. If we can provide some kind of help, we will do that. If yeah. we if we can do it with grant funds, we will. If we have to use donated funds, we will. If it's just they need somebody to sit and talk with, uh, we're going to do that. Yeah
0: awesome. Okay. Well, I was going to ask what barriers you see within your program, but it sounds like if you've got one, you're going to find a way to get around it.
1: We're going to try. The biggest barrier that we have is veterans that are reluctant yeah. to engage in services, either because they don't feel they deserve it or they don't need it or they, there's a lack of trust. Obviously, if a veteran has some severe mental health issues, it's more difficult to, to, uh, to try to engage and get them in services that they need. A lot of times with the housing uh, it's an income problem in other words if the income is on a very low fixed income they may not make enough to entice a a landlord to want to rent to them Mm -hmm. we've now had some housing navigation services that we just got from the VA we can pay uh, tenant incentives uh, landlord incentives in order to agree to rent to the veteran we have a shallow subsidy program where we can pay veterans uh, about half their rent up to 24 months huh. now we normally prioritize uh, disabled elderly uh, veterans that uh, that you know that don't have the means otherwise or the support the, yeah. the support so we have to be careful with our funds and, and careful with what we do but we we try to give everybody everything that we can yeah. so we're growing all the time we're getting new services all the time yeah. But the problem is, is is growing too it's it's not slowing down mm-hmm. uh the housing problem in my opinion mm-hmm. is, is, is getting worse the uh the issue with veteran suicide just like the, the the issue with suicide amongst the general population yeah that's increasing uh and so we just uh, we strive tirelessly yeah uh to serve everybody that, that we can many times for for example the new tvc grant that I'm uh, trying to apply for, we want to add dental care yeah. uh, as a thing that we can do because typically that's a situation that they can't have a f- burial services for surviving spouses. There are situations where veterans pass away and their surviving spouses don't have enough money uh, to cover the funeral. So that's also included in this, this new grant that I'd like to, to get. So we're always, uh, we're always trying to innovate. We're always looking for new ways. Mm-hmm. We're, we're always looking to, to help veterans more as much as we can. Yeah. But your problem never, never stops. No. The issues of veterans never stop. We can't, we can't take a break. We can't rest. We can't slow down, mm-hmm. because the problem is not going to take a break or rest or slow down.
0: No. What does the grant process look like when you're? Looking for funding, like how are you going about that? Are you writing your own, or are you? Well, well
1: the Veterans Administration, Texas Veterans Commission, and other organizations that have funding available will send out notification that those those funds are available, and they'll invite organizations that qualify to apply for those grants. And uh-huh. so, we staff those with our superiors, and if the grant looks like it's it's good and it's. You know, we're going to be able to use it and we can and we can actually meet the requirements of the grant in other words we can provide the services yeah then we go ahead and we apply for those and if we get them then uh, we just go full speed ahead yeah. and, and, and do the best we can if we don't we don't get discouraged we don't give up we we, we continue to uh, press forward and mm-hmm. find, try to find other ways so
0: i know that there's a lot of programs that when they receive a veteran client mm-hmm. they really don't know they don't know where what to do and where to send them. Okay. And what would you recommend? I guess because I'm getting a lot of questions of, well, how do we how do we go about this? I know you said the intake line, but maybe a more personal way.
1: We have a the more veteran, cultural competent way. You know, the, well, the veteran has a, a an email veterans at communityhealthcore.com. If you send an email, for example, if you if you work for Community Health Corps and you have a veteran and you think, how do I get in touch with that unit? Mm-hmm veterans at communityhealthcore.com will alert everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. If somebody you from the community, you meet somebody and they say I'm a veteran or whatever, get their name and number, get their permission, get their name and number, send us that. What if contact. they're
0: hesitant, like you said, because it sounds like veterans have a lot of pride and, and don't want yeah. to overuse what what would you recommend to say or to oh, okay. let them know?
1: In that kind of situation I would say the first thing that I would say is is I would acknowledge their reluctance. Mm -hmm. I would say something that sometimes it's it's hard and I recognize that you're reluctant and I I see why that would be so. Mm -hmm. When you get ready, I can put you in touch with some people that that can help you. Uh, They're veterans just like you, they're involved in veteran issues, they care and they'll take the time. Mm -hmm. Then you have to let the veteran, then you have to just let them mull on it. I always say you cannot make a flower grow by pulling it up out of the ground. <laughs> you can water it, you can put it in the sunshine, you can fertilize it. Yeah. And it's going to grow into whatever flower it's going to grow into. And just because it's shorter than another flower doesn't mean it's not a flower. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and sometimes that's a beautiful thing because when we finally grow into a situation where we can take that first step, when the veteran comes in, we can say, I know it was hard for you to come in here. But she did, not that's a good sign. Yeah. So it's very important to let the veteran have as much control, and they have to engage. Yeah. They they have to be the ones. It has out. to be their idea. But sometimes, if you give them the, the line, mm-hmm. you know, they will take a hold of it. Don't pull. Yeah. Let them follow the line, and they'll don't, and they'll get to you. Now, obviously, if there's an urgent need, if, mm. if there's a life-threatening condition. We'll step in as much as we're allowed to mm-hmm. uh, because you, you always want to operate with compassion and, and with concern for the veterans well-being mm-hmm. but for the most part we have to let the veterans it's important to let the veterans come to us
0: yeah do we have a veterans crisis team I think you answered that already but
1: well I know we have a crisis team uh, but yes <laughs> if we have a veteran in crisis we will reach out to the to those a mobile crisis team, uh-huh. or we'll connect them with a veteran crisis line. Okay, we'll contact 911 and get them to the emergency room. Whatever we have to do. Uh-huh. Our main focus, though, is in engaging with veterans before they get to that point. We we, we don't want to treat the Prevention. injury right. Yeah. you know we don't want to treat somebody with a gunshot injury. We want to secure the guns, uh-huh. get them in a mental state where where the firearm doesn't become a threat. For example. But it's all. I think it's always better and it's always more productive. I think to take a veteran that nobody would think that they were having suicidal ideation or having problems, housing issues or mm-hmm. family issues or whatever the issue is, and work on those things before they become more serious. So that's and our. And that's f-
0: why y'all are so focused on prevention and outreach. Right, being
1: proactive and mm-hmm. going out and, and engaging with the veterans and contact them and letting them know that we're there, uh, so that the veteran has an opportunity that if something does become a problem they can reach out hopefully sooner than later absolutely
0: okay so long-term goals for this program Mm -hmm. I know that we don't really have a lot of services for mental illness Mm -hmm. concerning veterans Mm -hmm. is that one of your long-term goals that will acquire those services
1: well I I want I want veterans to see Community Health Corps as a place where veterans can go for whatever their the the mental health needs that they have Mm -hmm. now obviously we also want to connect them with VA mental health care if we can. We want to be a strong partner for the VA. With the suicide prevention grant, we, we want to make a difference there. The way I personally look at things is if a veteran is, is unhoused, if he's homeless, and we get him in, in housing, we've improved his mental health wellness. Mm-hmm. If a veteran doesn't have food, uh, if a veteran uh, just needs to talk to somebody, they have relationship problems. Mm-hmm. Whatever the situation, whatever we do is geared towards the mental health the, the the wellness, the mental health wellness of that veteran. So, it, say a veteran had some some dental pain, our healthcare navigator did some research and found a a, a team that goes across Texas to various communities, get mm-hmm. providing dental care. So, say the the veteran does get this dental care that they need, and now they have less, but they're they're pain free. Can you imagine the mental health wellness? You know, mm-hmm. now they have the, the energy and the focus to say to work on a hobby that they enjoy or to engage in relationships. They're not in pain all the time. Yeah. They're not frowning all the time. People don't think they're angry. All these things, everything it works together. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like a piece of a puzzle. Absolutely. Everything that you can do to better a person or to, to improve their wellness, I think naturally the mental health uh, follows that. And so as far as mental health care, I think I would like veterans to see Community Health court as a place that they can go and that everything that we do is ultimately geared towards the wellness and the betterment of their mental health.
0: Right, okay. Because you know we hear, when, when people hear PTSD, they mm-hmm. there's still the assumption that that's just veterans, but right. PTSD is just trauma.
1: No, it's trauma. It's Everybody
0: a, has trauma.
1: The, <laughs> the, the lingering result of a trauma that the individual uh, has tried to cope with but, but they just can't. And unfortunately, as many, I know the civilian population, many of them probably go for long periods of time untreated, and undiagnosed. Mm-hmm. They want to tough it out, so to speak. The veteran community has an even uh, harder problem with that. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be perceived as weak. Yeah. But the situation is if you get injured, say if you get a, a gunshot or you get a fragmentation or you get a blast injury, that needs to be tentative because your body is only mo- is only mortal it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's fragile yeah. and it's okay to say that mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. we also have weaknesses we're also fragile yeah. at times and that those things can be treated and tend to and repaired mm-hmm. and and we may not be able to put it back the way that it was before mm-hmm. but if i can get my bone reset mm-hmm. you know and i can regain some physical activities that i used to yeah. love if I get mental health treatment and now I'm in a mental state where I can do the things that I loved, or I'm, a, you know, I, I'm able to cope with the things around me. Yeah. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. The yeah. veteran, the community, everybody, their family, everybody. everybody wins.
0: Okay, I could go on and on with <laughs> you, Wallace, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it. The last thing I ask everybody on the podcast if you listened mm-hmm. uh, is how they. Are self-compassionate to themselves. What's their self-care? How do they take care of themselves?
1: So, so you're asking me how yes. do I take how care of Yes. How do you myself?
0: take care of yourself?
1: Okay. Well, one is gardening. I love to garden. Yeah. I, I have a family, and I love to spend time with my family. And I think finally the thing that I do is I I do the best I can. When I go to bed at night, I tell myself, "Did you do the best that you that you could that day?" I, I'm sort of an amateur stoic. So I look at things, and I realize that there's only so much I can do. Even even during during the Gulf War, mm-hmm. uh, when I was participating in that, I just did the best that I could. Mm-hmm. There's a story of a guy in, in, in World War One. he had a letter on him. He was found killed. He was mm-hmm. killed in action. They found a letter, and the letter he had written to himself saying, I will, I will conduct myself as if the whole of the war's outcome depended on me. So I think if you get up in the morning, and you say, today I'm going to do the best I can, and you go to bed at night and you say, I did the best I can, and, and, and let whatever you couldn't do go, Yeah. I think that's probably the best self-care is that you did your best. What are you accountable for? What can you do? We're only human. We're only human, and that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Y'all,
0: you need to just talk to Wallace. He's amazing, and he's got a lot of great insight. I'm so thankful you came on. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am.